You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everybody. It is a Topic Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. We've got a really fun Topic Tuesday from somebody locally that actually I met recently, which is really crazy. That's just accidental because Paul put together the podcast sheet. Yeah. And I was at a Cars and Coffee and met the person whose who's Topic Tuesday we're going to do. So that's really cool. We've got one from I can't Isaac believe Kibbe. that. It's very fun. That's still amazing. And we've got uh, Nick writing in from Long Island, New York with Rusty Roulette. He's trying to figure out what old car to get rid of. <laughs> you guys have got a lot of questions. There's a lot going on. And in case you're curious, yes, we are currently somewhere headed east across the vastness <laughs> right. that is the U.S., headed to Radwood, Philly, where we're excited to be with you on uh, Friday night and Saturday. So we're looking forward to that. There will be much, many more updates coming up on that, as well as tomorrow there will be a new podcast of a test drive. Yes. And on Friday, yes. we are going to have a podcast. It's one of those podcasts. We haven't done this in a long time. It's our road trip podcast. We record it while we are actually physically road tripping. <laughs> haven't done this since the cheap sedans. So we're excited to do that again. Well, we've got a couple of press cars with us that we have driven instances before, but these are new versions of them. And the first one is the new Toyota Tundra. It's funny because everybody I talk to says Tundras just aren't available. And all I can say is, well, I've got one in my driveway. You want want to see it? This is the second time. They keep sending them to us. No, it's terrible to say. Kind of interesting. But this is the Tundra 4x4 limited Mm -hmm. crew max with a five and a half foot long bed. So this one has the same engine on the Tundra that we drove before at the San Antonio launch. We have not yet been in the max version engine. Even though it was there, we just, due to circumstances, we were never able to get in that. So we look look forward to driving that. But this thing has so much power and torque. Mm 389 horsepower, 479 pound-feet of torque, and this is the low specs. This is the base engine. This is not the big boy engine. And it's fast. It's it's, honestly, part of me wants to just drag race the truck because I think it is much (laughs) faster than anybody expects it to be. The little bit of time I drove, actually I drove it quite a bit, a couple days. A little bit of time I drove it on these couple of days running errands, doing all the normal stuff we try to do before we do a test drive. And we knew we wouldn't do a test drive because it is exactly the same as the one we drove in Texas. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the same yep. scale of, of cabin and all of that, except same it has everything. the shorter bed. <laughs> we drove the 6.5-foot bed. This is a 5.5-foot bed. What was crazy is in Texas, we didn't have the super-duper off-road suspension. We had the even longer bed, and we had Texas roads. So watch that on our main channel, the original Tundra launch piece. And we both were like, yep, this truck works here. It didn't feel too big. It was, I mean, it was big, but it didn't feel too big. It felt like it worked. It, it was great. ride was yeah. good, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So this one shows up with the more off-roady suspension in our local area where the roads aren't as good. And suddenly the ride is worse because the roads aren't as good and the roads are smaller. And I got to in a few situations where the truck was too big for our area. In a, something I never felt in Texas. It was one of those interesting personal realization moments about, and you guys have written to it to us about it. We've talked about it. Your car ownership is very dependent upon where you live. I tried to do a U-turn in this truck in a place I have U-turned every vehicle we have gotten, and I got stuck halfway. I had to block traffic. Thank God the thing's red, and you can't miss me. I had to block traffic to do a three-point turn to then finally turn around, and my only saving grace when I did that and blocked a bunch of traffic was I happened to have Texas manufacturer plates. So I don't look like <laughs> so I'm from around here. You weren't from around yes. here. Unbelievable. All right, so this is the limited. It comes with the TRD off-road package. That is $3,085, according to the Monroney. It includes 20-inch wheels, all-terrain tires, the TRD grill, the mm-hmm. off-road decals, the off-road suspension with the Bilsteins, which yep. is what you're talking about. Yep, and it it's very stiff. On 
smooth highways, it's okay, but this is meant for off-roading. You can tell yep. it's got the mud guards and the rock rails and the locking rear diff and all that stuff. I think it's an amazing truck. It is. I think Toyota's done an incredible job. But you're right. It's so huge. And what's notable is the 360-degree camera yeah. for this yeah. truck. On uh-huh. the 14-inch screen, you can see where you're parking. When you're backing mm-hmm. up, thank goodness you have it. Yeah. You could not park this truck if it didn't have that go- as good of a camera system. This is the first. Every time you put it in reverse. I turned it on auto also. Oh, did you? And so every time you come to a stoplight... It turns on. So it shows you the spatial distance between you and the car ahead Uh of you. It shows you what's around you. And then as as soon as you start rolling again, it shuts off, goes back to to nav or whatever you've got. Well, that 360 thing that they build from all the cameras, they give you the overhead view of your vehicle and how you're doing. That's something that I thought was a novelty and I think is interesting. And I've liked it in lots of vehicles. I think it's really cool. This is the first thing we've ever had where it was like, thank God that's here. Like parking (laughs) forward. Yeah, because it's just this cliff of a front end. I, I, frankly, the, this level of truck, and this is not Tundra exclusive or Toyota exclusive. They've gotten too big. the the current The current Tahoe it's is big. this way. The it's the big. Ram is monstrous. The the Sierra and Silverado are huge. The F one fifty is monstrous. But this has a like this cliff face front end on it, mm-hmm. and it is impossible to tell your distance. I realize we have these things for a week. I realize if you drove it all the time, you'd learn it. I know these are all realities. Of course, yes. but it but. What we're so struck by driving cars, a different car a week at a time, is we're struck by those things that you eventually get used to, and we're struck by them full force. I'm like, what's going on there? And this is, it's, I can't overemphasize how massive it is. It has no sidesteps. Right, right. So it's like a climbing maneuver to get up in it, which I kind of enjoy, but I just keep thinking, I'm a big guy, and I'm okay with this. I, it is so fast and so huge. This is, it almost is that weird electric thing. Where why is this this big and this fast? It's almost that world. It was fun listening to the turbos whistle. Uh-huh. The engine note sounds good. It's probably a little bit piped in, but it sounds great. And I just wanted to drag race everybody. I can leave everyone at the light. And it's again, crazy. this is the low power engine. Yeah, it's not the hybrid one. Yeah, unbelievable. The full MSRP was sixty thousand two hundred seventy three dollars. So thanks to Toyota for lending that to us. It was fun to drive it again and just be back in it to to understand they have done an incredible job building trucks. It is a viable contender. I'd buy that truck over a lot of things if I needed a truck. If you needed a full pickup. I mean, it'd be really curious to see what the long-term reliability is of that engine. We don't know. It's brand new Mm -hmm. because they've had that. We'll probably keep running until the earth stops V8 forever that everybody loves. And now we've got a, we're talking about a turboed V6. So that suggests that it won't be as reliable. We just don't know yet. The other thing, speaking of huge, it has like a laptop-sized infotainment screen in it. Yeah. You don't realize how big it is. This is crazy. You don't realize how big it is until you put Apple CarPlay on it. (laughs) Because <laughs> I'm used to all the buttons and the icons being right. kind of like within a square of about two inches. No I've scrolling got like, necessary. Exactly. You've got like <laughs> the, the back button is on the far left side. The pause button's in the middle like yeah. four inches away. And the other one's all, like I, I reach around to find the buttons with the thing. And oh, it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So the other car is the brand new Infinity QX60 mm-hmm. Sensory. We had the autograph version before. Okay. Yeah. So that was even more expensive. It was closer to $67,000. This one is only sixty. And it reminded me again how good Nissan is doing with that platform. Yeah. But this is extra stuff just to have luxury items. Sure. That if you're buying the Pathfinder, Uh you're more off-road minded. You're doing the outdoor camping thing. This is that same space to play in the market with more luxury, more trim levels. It's nice. Yeah. But I just think, come back to our test driver view. Yes. The Pathfinder is... Great. It's back as a robust, rugged, off-road contender. 
not full rock climb, you know, rock crawling. No, of course thing, not. No, no, no. General off-road stuff. It's going to do great. But this, okay, there it, it is. It's, it's, it's just a, a different term level. It feels like an unnecessary step up. I take your point. But it, I mean, it, it is amazing what Nissan's doing with their old platforms across the board. We can't wait to drive the Z because it's the same kind of thing that they did with the Frontier and the Pathfinder and other things. They're taking their old platforms and they're refreshing them and they're turning them to things that feel pretty much brand new on the old tech, mm-hmm. which is, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of another manufacturer that's done such a good job in the whole lineup of kind of refreshing the old, but Nissan's doing it. We really like the Pathfinder. The Infinity confuses us. I was looking at all the trim levels on that Tundra. Oh, There's no. seven trim levels. And then yeah. you can swap out engines. Uh-huh. Then you can play with towing packages and off-road components. So they're almost like 911s now as far it as is crazy. offerings. Seven different trim levels. Unreal. In other news, <clears throat> did you see this? Um, it was not an F1 race, but uh, we've been talking about old F1 cars here at the show. Yes, and, we and, have. I pro- and I promise we're going to move on because I know that old F1 cars is not really the most relatable topic ever for everyday driver. <laughs> right, but right. we've been talking about old F1 cars and the difficulty of them and keeping them running and the expense of them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this past weekend, Charles Leclerc, current Ferrari driver, was driving at the Monaco Historics in one of Nicky Lauda's Ferraris of yesteryear vintage Ferraris had a brake failure problem and ran into the Armco at Raskas corner. He backed right into Raskas. Mm-hmm. So corner, he yeah. kind of, that, that, that wing was not supposed to look like that. I'm just going to put that out there. We, we don't know if, if it wasn't the car, it was the same era of car that our friends at Griot's garage actually owned a Nicky Lauda Ferrari of the same era. It may even be the same car. I haven't got confirmation yet. But so we, our ears perked up and went, what happened? Where now? I mean, he, he was going fast, yeah. but he wasn't in race, full race speed. Sure. But still, it's horrifying to watch. But now that car has provenance because it's been driven not just by Nicky Lauda, uh-huh. You're but right. by Charles Leclerc too. Uh-huh. And it's been damaged and cars that are damaged, you know, they get built, they get rebuilt. We'll, we'll fix it. And now it has even of more of provenance and story for sure. I want to remind you guys of DriveShare from our friends at Haggerty. DriveShare is a car-sharing community that connects renters with the owners of cool cars. We're talking vehicles that elevate any occasion, like a wedding, or a special celebration, or even a vacation. Or you can just enjoy a dream ride, a car you've always wanted to drive. That's why I put my Lotus Elise on DriveShare, and many people have loved driving it. List your car to earn some extra money knowing you're covered by exceptional insurance and roadside service. Owners and renters can both rest easy and enjoy the ride. Visit driveshare.com or download the app to rent or list a ride today. Isaac H. writes to us from Salt Lake City, Utah. And unbeknownst to me, as I was preparing the podcasts, we chose Isaac's email and Todd ended up meeting him. I did. Just today. I met him this past weekend at Cars and Coffee. Well, I'm glad you met him. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I, I didn't realize it either because what happened is I met Isaac and we had a good conversation and thanks for saying hi and all that. And that was re- actually really cool. I appreciate when people do that because I'm just like everybody else. I'm walking around cars and coffee and somebody says hello to me and I go, hi. You <laughs> as, know, so as you exactly, do. Right. So, so it was cool to talk to Isaac. But then I, I get the sheet when you built the sheet and I was like, wait a minute. This is the same Isaac. So he's, he's just graduated from University of Utah here in uh, the Salt Lake City area. And he is a car guy to the core He's had a couple of cars. His current car, he breaks it down here. It is a 335i X-Drive BMW, uh, 2010. So that is the E92 generation of BMW. He has that. It's black. I saw it at Cars and Coffee. He loves it, but it's always had problems. Before that, he had a 2005 Mustang in high school. He loved the sound and look of the car, but it drove terribly. So this is his car history. And here he has money now 
because he's graduated and he has a solid job and he just thinks, I'd like to buy something new. And this is where the Topic Tuesday takes off. It's kind of interesting because being a massive car enthusiast, he always knew that when he finished school, he would save money and eventually be able to purchase his first true sports car, Okay, which is where he's at now. Yeah. But with the current craziness of the used car market, mm-hmm. well, the car market in general, everything he says is out of reach. Yeah. He wants to be able to go to a dealer, test drive, or even sit in a car and then buy it or maybe wait a week or two and then you know get the one he really wants. But he says that's not reality for him now. You can't even look at a car now or know if what you want without putting a deposit down mm. or paying ridiculous markup, which we're very much against. And he says he knows there's dealers out there that won't, won't make you pay over, but then the wait times are so crazy. Yeah, yeah. So he says, everyone says this will change, but people are saying we're years away from coming to the place where an average wait time for a car will be Four months? Less? Yeah, yeah. Of course, we don't know. There's so many factors that go into the supply chain. Every car company is dealing with different things mm-hmm. to get cars out there. But he's frustrated as a young enthusiast with the market because now he's ready to buy. Mm-hmm. He wants something mm-hmm. brand new, has saved, and then everything happened. And here we are with yep, the market yep. where it's at. He would like a brand new car because it's what he's always dreamed of having and working through all of his years at college he says, now's a bad time to be a car enthusiast unless mm. you have money, time, or some sort of hookup. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Your points are valid, Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not out in the weeds, for sure. And then, yes, he's got that BMW, which you just saw. Yep. <laughs> How funny is that? He's considered the new GR Corolla, but he doesn't think he'll be able to get one because of su- supply and demand. Mm-hmm. He's interested in the GR86, but he doesn't feel like waiting 10 months. And he's not paying over sticker. And the newer M3s, he wants to try. Because he loves them with a passion. He will own an M3 one day, but he's still massively frustrated. I mean, young enthusiast, old enthusiast, I think everybody is feeling that pain, Isaac. Yeah, for sure. But he says, what can he do? What happens next? Where Mm -hmm. is he at with wanting to get rid of the aforementioned 2010 BMW Mm -hmm. that is apparently plaguing with problems? What can he do? He's got money saved. He's ready to buy. You're not alone, Isaac. That's true. This is fascinating, Isaac, and it was cool to talk to you. And you did, you had kind of stars in your eyes about the GR Corolla, I have to say. When we were talking, you were like, GR Corolla sounds cool. You kept asking a lot of pointed questions about when are we getting in, and I had to be honest, I don't really know. Never in the history of Corollas has any enthusiast ever said Corolla with a drool at the corner of their mouth. This is the thing about taking the 86 to Cars and Coffee, is people come up and they see the 86 and they're excited about it and they see the gold wheels and sometimes they put it together and sometimes it's just the first one they've seen. And then as soon as I get into a conversation with somebody, and I don't hang out by the car, but when it happens and I'm near the car and somebody talks to me about it, it's hysterical. This is the progression. Oh, wow. You have one of the new GR86s. Hey, have you heard about the GR Corolla? It's like sentence two. <laughs> and I keep going, but are you aware that you haven't even seen this before? The Corolla's not even out at this point I know. in time. People are excited about it, and Isaac's among them. I, Isaac, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to temper this frustration a bit, because you're not alone. You're not alone. Absolutely. I feel like you're in a in a on-off, yes-no place mm, okay. with your thinking. Okay. And that is, you have a car that you like. You want to buy a brand new car. Right, right. So you have this demeanor of must buy brand new car right now. Okay. And right. you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to. And, and I'm going to say this for any, any of us that are waiting on a car. Because here's a subversive thing going on. We in America have, have bought cars for a long time 
differently than the rest of the world mm-hmm. because yes. we have places like Texas where you can just build a lot that goes for you know four city blocks and put every car on it. And we are used to, and I do mean all of us, we Americans are used to, it's Saturday, the family needs to buy a car. We're going to go down to Car Row because every city has one. And we're going to just go along Car Row and we're going to drive all the things we're looking at in our budget that, are, that we want to consider. And we're going to drive away with one. Elsewhere... Yeah. <laughs> most everywhere else, by the way, where there's not a lot of real estate to do that, most of your car dealers don't keep a bunch of inventory. You come in and you drive the demo car, which this is happening in the U.S. now, and this is why we're freaking out as spoiled Americans. You drive the demo car, and you go, I really want one of these, and they go, awesome, and you sit down with the salesperson, and they, you build your car, and you order it to come to that dealer because they don't have them on the lot. They have the demonstrator, and we're done. So I think that kind of thinking and selling is going to become more prevalent in the U.S., though I think car dealers will survive. I think the order what you want and wait is kind of here to stay because I think it's a way around some of the stuff we don't like about dealers. Yeah, especially the markups. And, yeah. and it, it continues unabated. Amazingly, CEOs of car companies are threatening dealers, and dealers are continuing to do it, which is astonishing to me. But nevertheless... I think the method of buying cars has changed. Tesla's introduced that yep, and has yep. proven the business model. I think other CEOs of companies have investigated it and maybe want to do something similar, especially with future product offerings. You might just need to order it straight up and it circumvents the dealer altogether. Who knows? Well, yeah, get but around I, the I think the buying process, and Isaac, we don't, of course, we don't know when things will change. Mm-hmm. Do we think it's going back to how it always was? Hard to say at this point because yeah, yeah. there just doesn't seem to be an end in sight. That's not to say there aren't cars available. Mm-hmm. Everybody shopping has just got to get a lot savvier. We've got to work harder at it. Yeah, yeah. But I want to ask you, and Todd has a good point. You want to buy right now. It seems like you've got money set aside, whether that's budget for monthly payment or money, you know, a down payment and totally. there's, ready to there's go. There's so many ways to crack this. This is what I'm excited Cash. about, Isaac, for sure. How do you know you won't like older cars? I mean, I know your BMW currently is a 2010. That's kind of old. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about older than that. Mm. Because this is almost like a, it's silver lining time. Okay. Because now in your life, you're a young enthusiast. You probably haven't driven all the cars. And who knows? I'm sure the GR Corolla is going to be amazing. Yeah. The specs make it sound amazing. Yep, agreed. But that's not what we live and die by. True. We've driven cars that have amazing specs, and we come away with a bitter taste in our mouth thinking, I guess I don't want that anymore. I guess I wish that was I thought I did. Don't want it anymore after having driven it. What if you'd bought it? Yeah. And then you think, oh, got it now. You'd probably be able to unload it. But still, I don't want you to just buy something right away because it's remotely within your specs and budget, Mm -hmm. and it just came along, and I've got to have something so badly that it's not the one for you. It's not the choice. You don't have to get at this point in your life the car. Uh, that's yes, I totally. It doesn't agree. have to yes. be the car, mm-hmm. but I also don't want you to just lash out with money. <laughs> I, I have got to get something. Have money, must spend, must buy a new car now. Yes, because the silver lining is in your life now is the time to discover the driving dynamics of some older cars mm-hmm. that might flip your switch. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to try out some cars, however you can do that through forums, through friends, through Turo, yeah, through yeah, DriveShare yeah. and Haggerty, wherever you can find. Mm-hmm. The, the greatest hits cars from Everyday Driver. I started making a list, and it's oh. grown. Oh, good. Our Everyday Driver greatest hits list How is How many transports long. do we need now? Probably two or three? three? Four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 15, almost 16 cars. We need at least two transports. Two almost transports. Three. Yeah. 
I mean, the 86, the GR86, the Evo 10, GTIs, Honda Civic SI, the mm, 11th generation is yeah, on that yeah, list. Yeah. Fiat 500s are still kind of inexpensive. Mini Coopers, Miatas, S2000s. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. the list. Yeah, for sure. But what was so interesting to me is my brother-in-law, and I'm not promoting that you go buy Sobs. I am not saying that yes. Sobs are the answer. Mm-hmm. But what I love about his car discovery is that he had a 1950 Mercury when he married my sister when I was back in college 25 years ago and he called it Nina and he loved cars. But then with family and job and over the years, he's gotten away from it and sobs have made him rediscover the love of driving actually turbos, but nevertheless he's rediscovered cars in the form of sobs. And I say brilliant. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's ignited his fire again. Plus the Facebook communities around the world. Those are his people. You share a photo from here and you know, so he, he loves connecting with people, and that's what it's really all about. So I'm not saying that sobs are the answer, but what if you discovered some car that you didn't think because you read specs of the GR Corolla and, well, that's the end-all, be-all, and it's in my price range, and I have to get one, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it understeers, and I, I don't know. I'm, or, yeah, it, I, I'm inventing things. Well, so the seat it. doesn't fit him. I mean, there how many times has that happened? You just, for whatever reason, you're like, this, this seat's not right for me. I just think now's the time in your life to not spend all of your money, not to just blow it out because you're a young enthusiast. You've got time ahead of you. So now is a great time to go discover some of those greatest hits. Mm. Or once you find something else and you trade the BMW in and it's still an older car. Okay. That's totally fine. But maybe you spent less on it Mm. instead of I've got 40 grand. I need a brand new car. You have so much time to get a brand new car in your life. I have similar thoughts on this, Isaac, and I actually want to broaden it out even further to what I think is the current buying strategy beyond you, just where we all are right now. Here's how I think you should approach this, Isaac. We have a friend of the show who's done exactly this. He's one of our patrons named Matt. Mm. Matt has got a lot of cars. Mm -hmm. Matt has been waiting years for his Bronco. Years, (laughs) plural, for his Bronco. And he thinks, he just sent us an update, he thinks it's being built now. I think it's been like 18 months, two years at least, at least, okay? Do I want to change the paint color? (laughs) In the interim, he needed something to do some of the things he was planning to do with the Bronco, some of like fire roads and off-roady stuff and that kind of thing, and he just thought, and this is the strategy I want to put out for everybody, but including including Isaac, because we all talked about this with Matt. He went and bought an old Cayenne. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Matt has the liquidity to do that, but he he didn't spend, I mean, I'm talking old Cayenne. He spent a fraction of Bronco money on his Cayenne. Right. Okay. And he's used it. Those dollars are probably already allocated. Yes. Okay. So he used it for all of the Bronco style. He didn't take it rock crawling. He's not trying to go that hardcore with it, which he'll probably do with the Bronco. But guess what? He discovered this Cayenne's great. And he likes it enough. And this is not, I'm not talking specifically Cayenne. I'm just talking this experience. He's liked it enough that he's going, do I want to keep this Bronco? When I get it here, I could flip it. I could keep the Cayenne because the Cayenne's doing what he needs it to do. My point here is this, Isaac. You've got forty grand. You have a BMW you want to get rid of, and you're looking daunted at a couple-year wait. There, there, there doesn't have to be an A, B here, my friend. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think mm-hmm. you do. I think, do you want a GR Coral? You think you do, okay? We all why, think we do. Yeah, why not go, if you really think that's the business, and you and I talked about that car quite a bit, man, so I think, I think that's hard to steer you off of that car. Okay. So go to your dealer and put down a deposit. What's it going to be? $1,000? Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying that's not that's no money. I'm not saying that. Sure. But that's pretty standard deposit stuff. You at least get your name on a list. Sure. Find out what that time frame is. Is it two years? Is it four years? My guess is it's two to three years. 
Now, what you're thinking in your headspace is, I'm stuck. I'm just, I'm stuck. I don't have a way around the line. What am I going to do? I don't want to pay over MSRP. No, no, no. You just got your name on a list. You did this with the M2, Paul. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. still had plenty of fun cars in your life in the interim. Yeah. So then, Isaac, I want you to go out with that forty grand, and I want you to spend half of it. Now, get rid of the BMW. Get yourself a Miata or a Boxster. It's summertime in Utah. Yes. Get yourself a Miata yeah. or a Boxster right now. And that's your car to have a new experience, to Paul's point, mm-hmm. to have a fun experience with summertime, to have an even more focused driver's car. That's not anything like this Corolla is going to be. It's totally different than your BMW. Yes. It's not anything like the Corolla four-wheel drive hatchback is going to be. It's just fun car. You can absolutely winter in Utah, a Miata or a Boxster. Sure, sure. And you can sell that car when your Corolla comes up. But you might get up to your Corolla coming up and be like, you know, don't want it. Well, then guess Thank what you, you can do? If you yes. have a deposit, you can get it back. They're going to be able to sell that car. Of course they are. Or you get the Corolla and you decide six months in, uh, okay. I don't know that I love this, but it's been fun. You could sell that car. There's there's nothing here that says you have to do this in a certain order. And there's nothing here that says you want a new car. Isaac, I applaud you for wanting to buy a new car and buy something like that Corolla that you can encourage manufacturers. But So you can't do the right car right now. Paul said this before. Don't just spray your money in a direction. Right. Hang on to it. Be strategic right. with it. So I think it's Miata or Boxster right now. Like as soon as you can. Enjoy the summertime in a fun summer car. I think that Miata or Boxster will lose some value when you sell it in a couple of years. Absolutely. Maybe. But it's not going to lose, <laughs> but it's not going to lose a pile of value, a right. few thousand maybe. So now you're walking into the GR Corolla buy with high 30s. Maybe you have to finance just a little bit more, show up as much money waiting in the wings. I think this is a good trade-off because what I'm worried about as the flip side is you're going to keep driving that BMW. It's going to keep giving you problems. It's going to one day break on you catastrophically and you're going to buy the wrong thing because now you need something. That's So buy another enthusiast car now, put your name on the list for that Corolla that you're dreaming about, so that's your new car purchase. And when it comes up, you can make a real decision with a good car in the driveway, more driving experience, and do I still want to do this? And if you do, great. It solves both problems. That's fantastic. I have a small prediction to make from Captain Obvious over here. Please. For the longest time... Whenever we've seen a slightly used car with very, very low miles, maybe it's still within the first model year, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's got low miles, and we think, why is that for sale? Mm. What's wrong with it? Because mm. s- surely somebody didn't buy it and put 800 miles on it, and then just, who would do that? I see it coming mm. because people are going to receive their builds two, three, four years later yep. of yep. the car they plunked down a deposit on. Right. They finally took delivery and either their lifestyle changed mm. or they discovered they didn't like the car. Yes. Yes. They'd been dreaming about it, took delivery and went, huh? Uh-huh. It's not quite what I was thinking. And it's two or three years later and I want the next thing over yes, there. I yes, I do. And so they're going to try to sell it uh-huh. and we will be seeing not a glut, but fair amount of cars mm-hmm. that in the past we were scared of because why does it have 1,200 miles? Sure, sure. That's a brand new car. What's yeah, wrong with yeah, it? Yeah. And you're dumping it with the first year? It's What are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's because of that very reason. We're going to see a lot of those cars, and that might be a great time to pick it up because mm. don't wait. Buy that for somebody else didn't like it? Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like the garage sale fine. But <laughs> it's not now yours. Yeah. Really. You know, yeah. It's not the garage sale prices, but... I see I see a lot of those kinds of cars coming. Maybe you like the Bronco and maybe you keep it, but Bronco, Corolla, mm-hmm. every single car that's going to be in demand the like that. The long wait times is changing what happens with people by the time the car really comes around. Yes. We are such 
we are such impulse buyers. Yes. So, so many of us want to buy cars like we buy gum and magazines at the grocery store. It's like, oh my gosh, I just heard about that. I got to get it right. Stop. Hang on. Financing just, just can help calm, you do that. Just calm down. Yeah. And, and when those cars actually become something that the hype train has passed, and now we're in the ocean of reality, as you like to say, Paul. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now we're just, the, this is the car. Do I like it? The hype's already gone. And this is, and honestly, what you and I do contributes to this. Because the manufacturers want to announce a car. They want to get all the journalists in it. Mm -hmm. They want to get all the journalists to drop. Look, by the time you've heard this, yesterday, everybody was talking about the Z car online. Yes. Yesterday, Monday, was the lift of the embargo. And everybody but us threw down videos. We're still awaiting to get the Z. We have a really cool thing coming for it. But just schedule-wise, we've Mm -hmm. got the Z coming soon. We haven't shot anything yet. But my point is everyone will have talked Z car in the last 24 hours when you've heard this. It's all anybody talked about. Right. But the thing is, you can't buy one right now. Exactly. So by the time you can actually go into your dealer, I'm saying you got the first one in your state. It's going to be months. Yeah. So the hype train is so far ahead of, the GR Corolla is a great example, so far ahead of the reality of having the car that we throw down our deposits. And when the car becomes real and we look at it in the cold, hard reality, that single light bulb in the room, the cold, hard reality of <laughs> does this work for me, we often go, No. Things will have changed. Speaking of hype train, how many Porsche Taycans have you seen around? Mm. That was the latest, hottest thing. Yes. And mm-hmm. It's such old news. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable to say, but you're right. The yeah. Hummer uh, EV. Uh, we talked to the design team, the designer, not too long ago. The launch happened. Is that all anybody can talk about right now? No. Nope. Yeah. It's not. That hype train moves really, really yeah. fast. We, we're already moving on to How manual super. Hummer we haven't EVs? even seen Z yet. Exactly. Yeah. How many uh-huh. Hummer EVs have you seen on the road? Uh, zero. Personally, I've seen zero. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yet, according to the internet, oh, that's so old news. How many Tycons uh-huh. do you see on a daily basis? If you're in a big city, maybe probably more. But you don't see too many around here. I've seen a handful. And whenever yeah. one goes by, I think, oh, yeah. Yeah, those are awesome. Those are great. Those are still great, and they're still practically brand new. Uh Sweet. If you've got a debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. When your car needs new brakes, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance from something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are all bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking, no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes, including pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need brakes or you simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. We even found great kits for our SUVs and our cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Nick A. writes to us on Long... Starting again. Nick A. writes to us. He is on Long Island, New York. And he writes to us about Rusty Roulette. His email had pictures of every car he's ever had in the past. He's had Baja Beetles. He's had all kinds of, well, rusty things. Mm Mm-hmm. He's been a fan of the YouTube show for a few years. He says when his commute doubled at the end of 2020, he became a fan of the podcast too. Wow. Nick, thank you for writing. That's really cool, man. Thank you. His, well, back when his commute was 30 minutes and 20 miles, he found it easy to excuse his eccentric vehicle choices. Mm. 
but that's growing harder as his vehicles, or maybe him, is racking up the mileage. He currently switches his daily driving duties between a 1995 Mustang GT convertible with the 5.0 and a 5-speed. Mm-hmm. He's probably over-modified it for grip. He admits that. He says also he's got a 1997 Jeep Cherokee XJ automatic. Mm-hmm. He says both are practically 200,000-mile cars. They're getting tired with little to no trade-in value left. They're both worth nothing. Pretty much. They're both old cars worth nothing that he has built for specific things. He says he has motorcycles he will not drive because of the dear population of his commute. He will not drive them mm. on commute, but he drives them for fun. This uh, this Jeep, by the way, uh, many, many things have been done to it. Cut fenders, 31s, four-wheel drive, roof racks. It's the, the sun and snow duty car. Take the paddle boards, take the skis and the snowboards. This thing is the bang around. Now imagine <laughs> dailying right. that on a long commute. I can't. But the, al- uh, the alternative is the Mustang, which has... Coilover, sway bars, three-link conversion, exhaust, no AC, an aggressive limited slip differential, and here's a curveball, 275 millimeter all seasons. Sorry, I have a side rant real quick. (laughs) Nick, do you see this coming? You said here you modified this Mustang GT convertible for grip, and then you list for me all-season tires. Right. You said it's never been great at autocross. My friend... You need to put some performance tires on it if you really set it up for grip. You could have you could have done tires first. Agreed. And probably covered over some of the other things you did with parts. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to go down that road. But but the point is, this car with no AC and all of this stuff done to it is the alternative commute car. Neither of them work right. They're the alternatives to, well, to, to fit this 60 to 70 mile round trip commute, which takes... 2.25 hours, almost two and a half hours on a, on, on a good day. On a good day. The, the bad day is horrifying. This is Hamptons traffic, apparently. I didn't realize oh the traffic gosh. was so bad if in that going, area. Hey, this weekend we're going to the Hamptons I with everybody else. You do. Yeah. So he finds himself wanting to trade up from at least one of these in the near future. And he says, for comfort, efficiency, and maybe some post-year 2000 safety. Because, and we must state it, the commute, the two and a quarter hour commute is four hours in Hamptons traffic. I don't want either car. I mean, Nick, I admire your resolve. Yes. Your fortitude. Yes. Admired, and I don't want those cars. I don't want those to commute in. No. The Jeep sounds awesome doing its thing. It sounds fantastic the for Mustang that. The Mustang sounds like once you put some performance tires on it, that it'll be great at yes, autocross. Yes, agreed. But for the tool that you're looking for, for the job that you have, the commute, I don't want either car. Your walking pace for 60 miles is what Oof. we're talking about. That's horrible. Next predicament is which car goes. How Mm. does he replace it? Both cars are close to worthless, he says. The Mustang is probably a $5 car to the right buyer. Wow. To the right buyer. To the the wrong buyer, it's less than that. (laughs) But to the right buyer, I'd get a full five grand out of that. He's also got another two to $3,000 tied up in parts he hasn't utilized. Wow. Sitting on the shelf. And the Jeep is a two to $3,000 beach car. Great for beach. Uh Uh-huh. But you're not commuting to the beach. Nope. The Mustang is more fun, but with so little utility, it's easier to justify replacing. Mm-hmm. The Jeep's four-wheel drive and roof racks and storage cap- capability have more utility, would be more expensive to replace. Mm-hmm. Both get about 15 miles to the gallon and are solid-ish and rust-free. Hey, how does that drive? It's, it's solid-ish. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> but both of them are not rust-free. You can see reliable from here. Yeah. Nick has set himself a budget of approximately $10,000 cash outright. Ooh. Or twenty-two thousand dollars with a loan. Hard cutoff is at twenty-five. Okay, so I just weren't right for the twenty-five. You weren't right for the Paul. All, all I heard was like, yeah. blah 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 yeah. blah, twenty-five thousand dollars. News, twenty-five thousand right. dollars. Yep. Uh-huh. 
Some contenders he keeps coming to are the new base Ford Maverick. If he could find find one without the, I'm going to call it advanced dealer markup. Yeah, that's funny. A used manual Crosstrek, uh-huh. a used Ranger to replace the Jeep, or something like a used hot hatch, or a mild performance sedan to replace the Mustang, or another Mustang. Nick hasn't gone without a Mustang since he was 17 years old. Hmm. Okay. He was disappointed to find the Stinger hasn't depreciated that much. Nothing has now. Mm-hmm. And although he does see Fiestas in that, Fiesta STs in that range, he worries about how they will be have, will have been treated by the previous owner. Uh, probably beat on. Thrashed. Yes, the is, better the, word. is the answer. He also keeps circling back to just going cheap and doing a nice Ranger Panther platform that he can do for under ten grand, and keeping a budget for maintenance and modifications. Sure. That won't you get get you the post two thousand safety, comfort, and reliability. Well, it doesn't get you a better car to sit in traffic in. That's for sure. Yeah. Apparently, he had an Infinity. He did love his G thirty seven X, but he was paying four hundred dollars a month, and his commute then made no sense because it was a short commute. Mm-hmm. And he said it was so much nicer than he was used to or felt like he deserved as a kid in his 20s. But he's moved on now. You deserve it. You do. Yeah. And then he sends us his rusty roulette, Mm. all the photos of all the pictures. Great photos. But you've had multiple examples of the same rusty cars. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. They keep coming back into your life. And and we say, if you're not done with a car, that's totally fine. But you're almost in a vicious cycle at this point. And your commute is dictating the need for something Totally different. It's a rusty cycle is what it really is, yeah. I have your car. Oh, do you? I have some thoughts, but I'm glad you have a, you have a car. You're cyber-shotting. a car. Oh, wow. And nobody's going to be surprised. I say that cryptically. Okay. But I'm going to start out with my sentence here, and that is, I want you to look at automatic versions of very loved sports cars. Whenever we name oh, some sure. everyday driver greatest hits, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's insinuated. It's a foregone conclusion that they are a manual transmission. Nobody thinks that, hey, what about a Mini Cooper? Automatic. Mm-hmm. What about a Mazda 3 Turbo? Those only come with automatic. Sure. How about a Veloster N DCT? Sure. I'm thinking of your commute, Nick. I agree. I but agree. I'm thinking about fun car that will be fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But when traffic goes to a halt, the air conditioner works. You've yes. got airbags. Yes. Hey, look, Bluetooth. The seats are good and not broken mm-hmm. down. Totally. It's going to start and run. You don't have to think about it because your money is going into either the Mustang or the Jeep. I am selling one of them. I'm preferring to sell the Mustang at this point because it's time to move on. You've had one since you were 17. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can always go back to it. I get your Jeep point. Keep the Jeep. It's very capable. Go to the beach. I 100% agree with you on that, that the, that the Mustang should go and the Jeep should stay because the Jeep does something that is going to be very hard to replicate with anything else you get. Right. And the Jeep does it fine. And you don't need that car to be nice. You need it to haul stuff, and it does it wonderfully, and it's set up for that. The Mustang is over there not really providing you with any extra other than, hi, I'm a tuned Mustang. Right. You can't commute in it. It doesn't perform well enough. So the Mustang can go. The Jeep should stay of these two. Totally agree. And also the Jeep, because they're not precious, that's the perfect bang-around car. Oh, sorry, I scratched the side again with a paddleboard. I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. But back to my point about the automatic versions. Yeah, yeah Those yeah. are the I ones like you find a sports car. Oh, that's the perfect spec and color. Oh, it's an automatic. That's your sweet spot mm. because of your commute. Mm. You'll be in a great sports car and the price will hopefully theoretically be lower mm. than the primo version. Oh, and it's the holy grail yeah. manual transmission. Sure, sure. That's what I want you to go look for and do something that's you've never had that platform before. That's why I suggest... A Tiptronic 987.1 Cayman. 
Oh, that's interesting. I didn't I found expect that. Boatloads of them for under twenty five thousand dollars. Because nobody wants the Tiptronic. Right. Yeah. You're still in a Cayman. Mm-hmm. It's still a fun car. It's Tiptronic. Admittedly, you want the yeah. manual. But not you, Nick. You're in a commute situation. Yeah. I don't want a manual for you. You will write mm. back and say, Thanks a lot. Yeah, the the, the four hour, sixty mile commute. Yeah, no. You, you're just crawling. And the Tiptronic, here's the thing. The Tiptronic is we have it in, in the Cayenne. It is a six speed standard automatic. It's not the dual clutch. It's not the PDK. So it doesn't have right. fire off amazing shifts, but it is perfect for crawling through traffic. And that's why the price is lower. That's good. Pages of them for under twenty five thousand dollars. They have really between good. sixty and a hundred thousand miles on them. But you're a mechanic. You've had, you're used to putting maintenance dollars into them and they'll probably just be great. Keep the oil change. It's not, and you can still go autocross that thing. Yes, you can. Of course. Yeah. Now the PDK started available. Uh, it was available in 2009. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go nine, eight, seven point two, they get a little more expensive. There's some upgrades. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. what about just a base automatic Cayman? Uh, that's really good. It's hard to argue with. That's really well done. Air conditioner will probably work. Yeah. And you'll probably just have fun in a sports car. And then when you still nail the throttle, still fun to drive. Okay, it's shifting for you, but it takes a little bit of the fun away. Okay, it takes a lot of the fun away. Sure, yeah. But you can still autocross it. You slide it over and you're shifting the Teptronic and mm-hmm. it's still great. It's still a Porsche. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That's really good. Um, I'm a little thrown by that uh, right now. I'm pondering it. Um, okay. In my search, I did find a 99 BMW M Roadster in Arizona with 60,000 miles for 24.9. Hmm. Who wants a 99 BMW M Roadster in that gorgeous blue? That's very nice. Um, Nick, let's talk about the cars you've owned. First off, the Mustang, I think, needs to go. I, I agree with Paul's point. It needs to go. And if you really decide you have to have a Mustang, buy another one down the line. Agreed. Buy one that's better. Yeah. Buy one that is more the Mustang you wanted. Just push that down the line. Okay? Nick's already used to buying I, the same car again later yeah, on. Apparently, yes. So the yes. Mustang can go. The Jeep can stay. I see your Panther platform. That is essentially the Lincoln Continental. That is the old uh, Ford uh, Crown Victoria police cars. Mm-hmm. They have plentiful parts, big engines that are understressed. They'll run forever. The air conditioning will work. I see it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm also going to throw you a curveball. You also could buy the rare unloved generation of the Cadillacs with the V8s that were front-wheel drive. <laughs> because they get better t- gas mileage than you think. You're talking North Star, aren't you? Well, yeah, some of them were. Some of them are, yeah. But my point is, the early 2000s of those cars, <laughs> they're big, luxurious boats that you sit still in. They probably had... My, my parents had one. They did have old people that drove them and put low miles on them. But they get good gas mileage because they're massively overly geared. Yeah. They're front-wheel drive. So, so in spite of having that V8, they can do cylinder shutoff and they sip gas comparatively to their size. Right. right. They don't have dynamics, but it's a big rolling living room. You could do that or a Panther platform. It's a rolling I agree with meat it. locker. Yeah, exactly. So you could do that, but I want to put you in something that's still fun. True. And so True. I tried to combine fun with good gas mileage mm-hmm. in your budget and all still, still going modern. And I have two that I really want to suggest here. One is get yourself a Mini Cooper S. Great. That's just going to be fun to commute yes. in. It's got good seats. It's got nice space. It's got modern tech and stuff works. Be very careful of the, I'm talking the BMW era of the Mini, okay? So starting in 03, like the one I had, get the mm-hmm. very first one with the supercharger. Make sure it's been well-maintained like I had. Skip the early turbos. They Skip were Skip to the end. They were bad for reliability, but then they fixed them. So they've, they've right. become better after that. So, right. so look into the forums, figure out the right year for it. But I think you want a Mini Cooper S as one option. But the other option I thought of is Fiat 500 Abarth. 
so fun. That's got that's got actually look. It's got a driving position that I don't like because it feels too upright for me, the sports car guy. Mm-hmm. But if you're sitting in traffic, it's exactly designed to sit in traffic. You've got a very nice upright seating position, so you can look other drivers in the eye. That was exactly the reason they did it. Mm-hmm. So Mini, uh, pardon me, Fiat 500 Abarth also has a crazy exhaust, so you can be the guy in traffic with the fun exhaust note because you're just sitting there having fun. Yeah, but it just works. Yeah. It's it. Those things are cheap and they're fun. I think those are better choices than your Fiesta ST because the Fiesta ST, yes, you've got the unknown of how was it treated and probably poorly. <laughs> how badly treated was it? It was treated badly. But the the Fiesta ST yeah. has a bare bones interior. Yeah. And both the yeah. 500 Abarth and the Mini Cooper S have nicer places to sit and be in when you're sitting still. But when the road opens up or you've got a fun back road or whatever, you're going to love those two cars. And both of them are well available in your budget. I mean, I looked at Veloster N's too expensive. I looked at Mazda 3's too expensive. But Mini Cooper S used, maybe even a John Cooper works if you're lucky, or the 500 Abarth, get a, get a totally new experience. Fun little hatchback with no rust. And take that on your commute. Our goal is no rust. And surprise yourself. Let's start there. When you have an autocross. And if you want to autocross <laughs> that car, I'm going to also say this to you. The first purchase before anything else yeah. is sticky tires. As always, you guys have great questions. There was one that got asked by a few people, so I'm not going to attribute it to anybody. But it's one that got asked by a few people because we just got the new license plate on our GR86. Oh, yeah. yeah it yeah. says show car on the back. And a couple of you asked, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am pointing at myself. You just can't see it. Didn't I rant more than once about the ridiculousness of, of personalized plates? And yes, I have. I have yeah. done that. But I want to make sure you've noticed the trend here at the show. Mm-hmm. And that is once we started doing these one-year challenge cars, we instantly put plates on all of them. And the reason we did it was because we didn't – I know this sounds ridiculous, but this is really the headspace that it came from. We knew we were going to shoot the cars all the time. We knew that we wanted to have them with a license plate you could read something off of, and we didn't want to take the time every time to change the plates like we do on a normal singular shoot to our everyday plate that we put on all the other cars. We didn't want to have to change the plate, but we wanted it to say something because cameras staring at the license plate for a lot of the pr- production. So we decided to do personalized plates, and if we could be funny or goofy, Mm-hmm. on all the plates for the cars we were going to cover a lot for a year at a time. So every time we've had one of those with our cheap sedans, our cheap sports cars, and now this GR86 and our cars of the past, all of them have personalized plates so that we have, I know this sounds crazy, picture plates. Plates on the cars we can film and they look cool without just being a jumble of numbers and letters. So we were trying to figure out what the plate should be on this car. We, we played with a few of them. We got show car because this is a car we bought for the show. And that's why we have personalized plates. My other cars, the Lotus, the Cayenne, they just have numbers on them. See, I still have personalized plates. I've, I've always I loved know. personalized love tags. Yeah. They're so cool. The Expedition is the hauler, mm-hmm. and I waffled a while, and I just went with my initials on the Cayman because I didn't want to put GTS on my license Thank you. tag. See, see I, I, we would have had That's words. where that came from with you. It was just oh, rebranding yes. uh-huh. your car. Yeah. But see, now we've got a stack of license tags. Mm-hmm. that don't have cars to go with them. So what I need to do is buy a Maserati MC20 so he can use my pickle fork tag again. There you go. Like See, now that. we have to buy cars for all the stack of plates that we have sitting waiting in the way. My, my son keeps hanging <laughs> one of the old license plates from each to one of our fun cars in his room. So if we keep doing this, he's going to have quite a collection. He's going like, to pass them out like playing cards in a few years. I was thinking about a beautifully framed photograph of the car with the license tag yeah, from yeah, yeah. that era in time that we've had. Is Maybe just, we should hang them here in the podcast studio. That'd I kind of cool. think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Matt Gary 82 asks me if a car company approached me to a commi- commission, a car design, what type of car and company would I like it to be? 
been interesting as I started my career and have watched fellow designers go through their careers and what they've worked on and how they've navigated their you know their own path to success and where they're at now. As much as SUVs and pickups are important for the car market and need good design to differentiate and stand out, those are uninteresting to me mm. simply because they're not driver's cars. And what's been very interesting, I didn't have any driving experience when I started design school, mm. when I was going after car design. I knew that a sleek shape, you know, low, fun sports car shape would equate to fun driving. But designers sketch all kinds of stuff. We went with the canted forward windshield, mm. like an airport traffic control tower. We went through that phase. We've gone through all kinds of stylistic you know, arc and line and all this stuff. However, the fun sports car that's inexpensive, the GR86 is what strikes me the most mm. because it's attainable. It's not just... I'm designing the next Ferrari or Lamborghini, and here's my awesome schedule. Well, of course, it's probably going to be great. And That'll it's look cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. Powered by a zillion yeah. horsepower and great. But something that now, an electric driver's car from Mazda, interests me a lot. Mm. Cayman-sized or smaller is very interesting to me. That Toyota MR2 that came out that was recently revealed as part of the 20 future Toyota cars. Let's, let's see that. Proto. Very interesting. Yeah. But the most is an entry-level Porsche sports car. Stripped yeah, down. Yeah. Who cares about the leather wrapped anything? 35, 40 grand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a sculpture, beautiful. It, it pulls from the past. It pulls maybe from some Caymans, but still a unique forward looking design. Mm. That interests me a lot. Something that every enthusiast driver can attain. Mustang Frank is calling me out. So I'm going to respond. Mustang Frank on Instagram says that he's pretty sure that the 86 needs an exhaust. He thinks it's going to be impossible to hear the car with without and rev match without an exhaust. I don't think you're right, but we'll see. I mean, we haven't we haven't done a Windows Open Track Day side rant, by the way. <clears throat> Windows Open on a Track Day isn't required. I mean, I know rules wise it's required. I right, know that right, but but we have driven plenty of tracks elsewhere in the world, <clears throat> Nurburgring and Spa. Windows up where you can keep your windows up. Yep. And people aren't dying randomly at these tracks because they have their windows up. It is a thing that has become the Bible at local tracks in the U.S. that we don't want to have to smash your window. We don't want your window to smash to you. We want to be able to pull you out of the car. I've heard, I've heard all of the reasons. You're going to send me a, a list of the reasons. One of you is probably a corner worker with your email ready. <laughs> but the point is there are plenty of tracks where you can keep your windows up and not be freezing or rained on or whatever. And it works out okay. But the point is I can still hear the engine. I'm not having trouble hearing the engine. Maybe with a helmet on at 100 miles an hour, I won't be able to hear the engine. Maybe. With the window down on on a track, maybe not. But we'll see if it needs an exhaust. I would like to not get one. I'd like to keep this car as close to stock as possible as we have lots of comparisons coming up. But in the course of driving it, I was just talking with our friend Jack over at Savage Geese. Oh, yeah. And he sent me a, a listing. Like showing me like the wall of parts they're about to put on their car. Because we've been laughing oh about gosh. the differences between our approach and their approach, even though we both at stock bought the exact same car. Funny. And his comment to me was, I think I might be about to ruin my car. <laughs> so he's going to do everything. So we're going to try to do nothing. And we're going to put it against a lot of stuff. We'll see. Maybe we'll wind up with an exhaust and I'll eat my words. And you can point out this podcast and I will shake my head. Maybe we and Maybe. Savage Geese need to drive both of our cars and they need to get together and find out who That'd did be cool. it better. That'd be very cool. Because we're journalists. We're here to find out. We are. Always. Always. We're finding out today on the podcast. <laughs> Some car care questions on Instagram from Tyler Champion asking about the new Griot ceramic wax. Did we do the spray or do they have one you apply also? 
he just got a competitive wax, which is not what you want because the Griot stuff is what you want, my friend. And it's excellent, but with ceramics, you don't want to overdo it. You want to apply very thin coats. And absolutely it gets streaky re- otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Read the directions before you apply. Don't just dive right in and say, I got this, like all of us car enthusiasts do. But yes, it's absolutely excellent. And I just used the ceramic speed shine on the 928. And Did it's, you? It brought 39 year old paint to life. Mm, that's and cool. I didn't even do the polish yet. I haven't yep. even broken it down yet, yeah. which I, I'm very excited about. I put some on some of the places of the 300ZX, because we're about to road trip them, that uh, were looking a little little sun-worn, and I was worried about just further damage to the paint as we do this. I put it on there, and it's actually good. And I did learn the hard way, and others of you have learned the hard way, that you can use too much of it, and it streaks badly if you use too much. Yeah, you don't want to use too much so, or luckily, uh, of anything. Griot's has but. got uh, some really good how-to videos on their channel, so you can certainly do that as well. That reminds me, I need to post the, the link for our, uh, our video podcast with them. It's actually out on their channel. And we need to post that link too. Yeah, pretty cool. I just found out they have ceramic window cleaner. Yes, I, that's, that's we a are looking forward to getting that. Of words I never thought would be together, yes, but there please. they are. Yeah. Petrolhead two thousand three asks me my thoughts on hand car wash places. Are they suitable for people who don't have time to wash their car? Mm. Sure. They're just not suitable for me. I still don't yeah. like it because the products used and you don't know how they've used and reused and folded their wash mitts and their rags. Sure, yeah. That's okay. what the the whole point of hand washing is to control that. And that's why you do it by hand. That's Whereas funny. they're trying to get cars through by the old school method. And so I still just I I'm still skeezed out by that personally. So I'll just do the water sprayer if I need to and then go home and, you know, do the the touch up. That's very funny. We so appreciate all your questions, your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and your social media interaction. And of yeah, course, we love stuff. it when we hear from you guys. Just drop us a line because, hey, I thought of you guys because I saw something, and mm-hmm. that's absolutely what we want. Thank you for being a part of this community, you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Keep in mind that- We're let, doing stuff. We're driving. Oh, man. We're currently driving. Keep in mind that tomorrow we're doing another of those test drive audio pieces. will be our Wednesday podcast. We'll be back on Friday with a, a really cool road trip podcast, and there's also a test drive dropping this week on Thursday. So that's that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday content mm-hmm. from us. Hopefully Friday night we'll see many of you in Westchester, uh, Pennsylvania for uh, the meetup. And then, of course, the next day at the Subaru Park for Radwood. We're incredibly excited to meet you. Please, if you meet us, be kind in one area. It's a lot of names, and we don't remember everybody's story. So help us connect <laughs> the dots. We would Great. love to meet Great. you. We're looking forward to it, guys. And we're looking forward to Radwood. Big time. I'm very excited. Never been We've never been to one. Yeah, it's going to be great. Cheers, everyone.